This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to part three of a three-part series that we have defined as the personality paradox of leadership. Today, we're going to be discussing how to fine-tune your leadership through personality assessment. The one, the only, Dan Billy is back with us <laughs> to wrap up our series on personalities. Dan, I'm so excited uh, to discuss this anchor segment with you and with our audience, and I truly appreciate you to uh, continuing to invest time uh, into the show. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Jeff. So I'd like to get the conversation started by speaking about strengths and weaknesses in personalities. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we are we take a cavalier approach to defining personalities. Uh, they're quiet. He's dominating. Mm -hmm. They're a jerk. Yep. I want to dive a little bit deeper into those strengths and weaknesses and really draw out some of that for our audience. Yep. You know, every individual will carry traits of strengths and those of weaknesses. It's inevitable. Nobody's perfect. There's always going to be opportunity to draw self-awareness uh, to where your weaknesses lie. Um, but I think we have to capitalize on strengths. I surely don't want to ignore weaknesses. Uh, but I wanted to get your take on how important it is for leaders to have a laser focus on maximizing their personality strengths. Mm -hmm. So how have you maybe seen great leaders acknowledge their own personality as a leader to improve um, and maximize their own strengths mm -hmm. of their personality? Yeah, what's interesting is, and again, uh, if you've listened to us uh, in previous podcasts, you, you understand my personality is very task-oriented. And when when I get the check boxes and I get to do things, not necessarily be with people or lead people, when I get to uh, to, to do different tasks, uh, I'm very fulfilled by it. That's just who I am. That's my personality. Um, I call it easy money, right? The 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 <laughs> the strengths that we operate in. They're easy for us. We enjoy them. We get fulfillment out of them. Uh, obviously, we talked about self-awareness from a personality perspective. Knowing that that is what actually uh, fulfills you as a leader or a professional or a person in general is a very big deal. And um, um, to your point, if you're self-aware enough to understand that's what provides fulfillment, it's a great thing. If you don't know, if you are unaware of what really get you excited about life, where you put your head on the pillow and go, I've had a fulfilled day, you need to make sure you assess yourself. Uh, but once you do and you understand it, uh, it's easy to almost fall into operating in your strengths or only doing, let's put it this way, only doing the things that apply to your strengths. Unfortunately, as a leader, you can't get away with that. Right. If you're an analyst, right, and you love to analyze whatever it is you do, um, you might be able to get away with it. If you're leading a, a bunch of disparate personalities, you can't do that. So just as much uh, of understanding your strengths and, and, and operating in those and being excited and fulfilled about it, you have to acknowledge that you have to lead people as well. And in my case, I'm much more task-oriented. I have to then wake myself up and say, hey, listen, it, it's time to relate. It's time to pull my team into this. And uh, just as much as acknowledging, acknowledging your strengths is beginning to acknowledge the things that, that again, it's not necessarily a, a weakness as much as it's something you don't necessarily find uh, that fills your, your tank, right? right? You're not as content doing, but it's necessary work as a leader. Yeah, that's, um, you know, as you're saying these things, I'm thinking of a host of different things yeah. that uh, 
I, you know, I've had Janelle, my wife, yeah. tell me many, many times that my greatest strengths can be my biggest weaknesses. Absolutely. And if I've heard it once in the uh, in the time that I've been married, I've heard it a million times. Uh, this isn't work when I'm at home and uh, I'm trying to run the family like a corporation, right? And so you got to be careful, right? The yep. thing that makes you uh, tick and the thing that makes you work uh, so well, uh, you have to be aware of that not only as a leader, but also with uh, your subordinates. So um, we've both taken on uh, a lot of different teams mm-hmm. and we've seen how great leaders acknowledge their own personality. Talk a little bit about how as a leader, if you mm-hmm. do a good enough job acknowledging your own personality, how that can create what we call the chemistry or the culture of a Absolutely. team. Absolutely. You know what, you know what is amazing about great teams? And I talked about it in a previous episode about, you know, having a bunch of all-stars that have no chemistry mm. and it produces no success. And it happened to me in my career. And I was blown away that we all could not just, just create that chemistry with one another, even though we were absolute, uh, um, all stars in our own individual right. And I learned a, a big lesson there. One of the best things you can do as a leader is understand your weakness and your weaknesses. And one of those, one of those big issues, and we talked about it previously, but one of those big things, there's, there's revelations of self-awareness is if you are vulnerable enough and transparent enough with your team, once you pull them into this world of personality assessment and understanding everyone's strengths and weaknesses, if you show dependence on them, uh, to help you with your strengths, it builds such team chemistry. When when you have subordinates where that you pull aside and say, "Listen, I I know I'm not good in this relational area. Can you help me if 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 I appear to you to be getting out of bounds?" And I have a great uh, you know a great uh, little story about this. I have a, a gentleman who has worked with me for twenty plus years in in varied roles. I depend on him greatly. His name's Jamie. And uh, I depend on him greatly for that exact thing. Jamie is very relatable. He is almost my exact opposite from a personality standpoint. And many times in our working relationship in the past, he has pulled me aside and said, you know, Dan, you got to tone down the rhetoric. You, you're really going after an individual and, and it's affecting them. And I'm just saying, listen, we, we need to succeed. We need to do this. And, and he's been able to give me clarity on that relational side of leadership that, that I trust because he, he has my best interest at heart. And every time he's given me guidance, he's had the team's best interest at heart. He is, and we talked about it, he is that passive one-on-one type leader that, that loves to build Unity. He loves the team chemistry. He's the glue that binds. He's always trying to make sure that everyone is getting along. And uh, he's been that that person that I've I've depended on in my past life to say, hey, listen, you're operating in your weaknesses and they're showing and your team is 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 not buying into what you're saying or your team is not willing to go forward with you because of the way you've tried to pull this thing together. You need to find young leaders, those people in your lives. Now, we talked about mentors in, 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 in past episodes, but mentors aren't there in everyday meetings. If you develop this team chemistry and you begin to share with one another your strengths and weaknesses in a very uh, safe environment, um, all of a sudden you as that leader can then say, here's my weaknesses. I need you to be able to tell me when I'm acting in my weakness. And if you can tell me when I'm acting in my weakness, we can be better at it together. So it's a huge takeaway for leaders to understand, hey, once I can get the team members to kind of rate me, if you will, and help me understand uh, at times where they're not 
you know, they're not picking up what I'm throwing down, as my son says, right? <laughs> um, they, they're not buying into what I'm, what I'm saying or doing because my words might cut too much or, or I'm, I'm not willing to listen uh, because I, I'm headstrong and I know what I want to get done and, and, and I'm not valuing their input. Uh, that's when I've got to take a step back as a leader and acknowledge that. So some big takeaways there. That's uh, a, a one. The one thing you said, and I was thinking about some teams that I have built. Yeah. You know, we all want the all-star team because usually all-stars produce. That's right. Um, but can anybody imagine, and uh, shout out to Don Yeager, because Don <laughs> Yeager, uh, he he gives a lot of sports analogies. Right. and. He, t- he tells the story about the dream team, the original dream team, the, the Michael Jordan, the Larry yeah. Bird. You remember the heyday, yeah, right? The dream team. And he talks about how Coach K uh, had to get in the minds of all of these superstars that were headstrong, that were used to taking the last shot, that were used to yeah. always winning, the controlling the team, and how Coach K had to incorporate that there are things in life more valuable than trophies. That's right. And uh, he talks about the difference of that team and teams that happen in the future. How can you go from winning gold to, to not winning? And uh, I think that's so important to know that um, having a team of all-stars can also, it can create its own challenges. And there's personalities that come with all of that. Right. So, Dan, we've both uh, taken on new teams. Uh, and, and, I mean, I think we've spent countless hours and probably more you with me than anything else. But... Uh, Taking on a new team can be daunting uh, because not only are you getting more personalities that you have to adapt to, but you're almost rebranding the dynamic of that team. Mm -hmm. What makes people tick? How are they going to react to my personality, the the hard charger uh, coming in, bull in a china shop sometimes? So I think it's critical for leaders to understand that there's not a one-size-fits-all when we lead people. This is where I have found the art of situational leadership yes, to come into play in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can tell you this, if you're leading everybody the same way, you are probably, you probably got maybe 10% of the people listening and excited about you. Yeah. Uh, but situational leadership demands that you come in and play your part as a leader that is going to touch the masses. Yep. If you don't incorporate situational leadership into the art of your leadership style, uh, you're going to be effective with a minority of people. And and clearly, our goal as a leader is to touch the masses and help every member of our team reach their personal best, their mm-hmm. fullest potential. So maybe talk to us about how as leaders, how can we best uh, be a situational leader with yeah. a team of maybe even opposing personalities? Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Ken Blanchard and uh, those at Cornell who were uh, able to uh, – take some of his uh, classes and, and just listen to his greatness when it comes to uh, assessing and understanding situational leadership. Uh, for those of you who don't truly understand it, it's situational leadership is, 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 a, is a science, if you will, uh, that, that Ken and team have put together. And I would challenge any of you to uh, learn more about it because it has helped me immensely through my career. Um, th- there are different phases of, of leading people as they come through um, the, the, the learning process of their position. So we talked a lot about uh, strengths and weaknesses of personality, and you have to understand your subordinates uh, from that respect. But there also is a, a 
process through which they learn their position. And as you said, as you come into a new team, and let's say you're, you are you are uh, thrown into, or your 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 disparate team members are pulled together, and you are having to get something done. Each are going to be on a different learning curve. Each has different experiences. Each has different abilities. They have different training and schooling. How do you take them through the process of understanding who they can be? And 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 uh, Ken uh, talks about this uh, at many times, um, where you you are excited as a subordinate to, to get this job, right? And you are you're excited about what it can be. You go through a phase with of what's called. Um, um, almost disillusion. You become a disillusioned learner where that excitement plummets into this world of dismay because you just, there's, there's so much to know. You don't have all the uh, T's crossed and the I's dotted and you, you get bummed out. And it normally happens in that 30 to 90 day window. You need leadership that recognizes that. So you go from as a leader directing their day, helping them prioritize their work, giving them assignment, right? To get through that process. Then you get into coaching and then supporting and then delegating. For those of you who don't know what that means, um, you know, you need to begin to learn a little bit more about situational leadership. But, but as you go from a director of a subordinate to a coach, uh, you're, you're, you're extending some latitude to that person because they now understand. They got their land legs, right? So they understand what they need to do on a daily basis, but they may need weekly and monthly and periodic um, um, support and direction on what they should be doing, prioritizing their goals, prioritizing workflow. At some point in time, it all clicks, and they come, they come out of that dismay. And they pretty much know what they need to get done. Yeah. So you begin that process of supporting them in their role, being that, being that shoulder if they need it, uh, giving them more and more opportunity to shine. We talked about it before, but that whole, that whole idea of lavishing praise on them when your team succeeds is part of that whole process of supporting. Something you said there that uh, you you said disillusioned learner. Yes, and I, I want this to be a, uh, a, a a take a pause moment for leaders out there. Disillusioned learners, when you have a a member of your team that is in the disillusioned learner stage, they are at a crossroads of either becoming a peak performer mm-hmm. or a variable contributor. Situational leadership here. Dan started talking about it. High support. If you know your team, you're going to know how to lead. If you know their personality, how yours matches up, am I giving them high support? Am I giving them high direction? What is going to get them off of this crossroads to peak performance? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you don't get it right, they become a variable contributor, and ultimately you're going to find yourself coaching them out of your organization. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. I mean, that's where if you can get them through that phase where they actually, the, the light goes on, they are encouraged through your leadership. Again, you know their personality. You know the triggers to pull with regard to praise, with regard to constructive criticism, with regard to discipline if necessary. The goal is to advocate them through this process, get them to the point where they can pretty much take the training wheels off and ride this bike on their own. When you get to that point through that supporting phase uh, and you have someone with experience, have someone that you can lean on, uh, as a leader to subordinate, you know, I talked about Jamie being that to me. Then it becomes a delegation type process where you're checking in, things are good, 
Uh, you're advocating for them if they need resources. You're helping them become more resourceful. If you have limited resources, you're, you're breaking the bottlenecks for, for, for these people. That is one way you've, you, you overcome the process of, of taking them through those steps and those phases. And the ultimate goal for you leaders, you aspiring leaders, is to get to the point where you have a good crop of people that you are delegating to. The problem is simply this. When you take people through those phases, oftentimes when they're in delegation mode, your job as leader is to promote them. Right. Your job as leader is to promote them oftentimes out of your team yeah. and out of your network. It's tough because it's taken so much time. And you know that if you're backfilling that person with someone that you have to now go through that directing phase, they become that disillusioned learner and you're, you're praising Grinding them and cheering again. them on. It's tough. Yeah. But you, you build a leadership tree, a, like a coaching tree in football we talked about in the past. You build that leadership tree through the, going through those phases of, dele, of directing through delegation, and then you pass them off, and they become leaders, emulating what they've been taught, uh, becoming more self-aware, and then teaching their teams the same thing. And that's just gold. When you, when you see uh, you know, the seeds that you've planted begin to you know, grow fruit and they prosper, it is, it, is, it is a fantastic opportunity for you to look back and go, you know what, I made a difference. And that's the goal. That's the goal of leadership. So I'm going to ask you at the end of the episode some, some calls to action in some books, but I'd maybe be thinking about uh, specific to situational leadership uh, resources because sure. th- this is an area that, that I feel when you're talking about personalities, and we, I said it earlier, we're not, we're not leading machines, we're leading people. Situational leadership and your pursuit of excellence in this area as a leader is going to be uh, critical to your success. So you have to understand whether it's on the field of sports, it's in business. Uh, we've seen leadership personalities of all types win and sustain their success. You know, I'm an avid Steelers fan. Uh, I hope that doesn't, uh, you know, lose listeners, uh, but <laughs> born and raised in the Steel City. And I remember, you know, through the heyday of the 70s, we had Chuck Knoll, the emperor, they called him, uh, that kind of soft, didn't say a whole bunch, ran the strategies, you know, just kind of quiet on the yeah. sidelines. Passive kind of personality. Passive personality. He retires and then comes in Bill Cower. Right. Oh, my goodness. Super active. Super active, spitting when he talked, yep. you know, very animated. Both had great success in their own right. That's right. And so, you know, when you're thinking about that, it there can be all types of personalities that can win and sustain their success. The great news is that just about any personality can be a level five leader. Now, in series one of this, we mm-hmm. talked about a scientific proof of what most successful leaders have. And we broke down what uh, is scientifically proven to be uh, the 11 most yes. successful businesses ever. And there are some common threads there. But look, if in your quest to be a level five leader, regardless of what your personality type is, uh, you can be a level five leader. The key will be to be in constant pursuit of applying your strengths but not ignoring your weaknesses, but offsetting yes. your weaknesses. So, Dan, what are some things um, that you would maybe recommend to our listeners to help them on their journey to fine-tuning that approach and work in harmony with their team? So knowing who they are and having that personality work in harmony with all those different personalities. What What is the book that they need to read? What is the... Um, 
the mentor that they need to yes. get? What is the situational leadership article that they need to get a hold of yeah. to help them better? No, great, great question. Uh, we, we talked in past episodes, and Jeff, you've hit this time and again, finding a mentor, someone you can trust that is outside of, of, of the business would be most appropriate. But really, depending on someone to provide you honest and appropriate feedback um, about your weaknesses. Uh, and, and that takes time, obviously. It's not just a 15-minute cup of coffee, but it can be, a, it can be someone close to you that, that, that wants to invest in, in your success. It is very important for you to understand and be self-aware about your weaknesses. Oftentimes, and this is interesting, um, you have good leaders who understand their weaknesses, but they have what you call blind spots. And they think they're self-aware enough to talk about, hey, this is what I'm not good at. But they don't acknowledge or they're not aware of these weaknesses that are that are critical to team building and critical to their success because they don't think they exist. They have to find someone they trust to say, you got a major blind spot here. You are not able to even see through what you're what you're doing or not doing that's that's crushing you know, the opportunity for success in your, your life. And I would say on that note, as a leader, create that environment with yeah. your team. You know, one of the best uh, leaders that I've been around told me one time, and he would tell, he would tell us this in, in the masses, if you see me running to a cliff, tackle me. Yeah. Don't let me run over the cliff. And as leaders, you ha- it's critical that you're creating that environment with your team. Yeah. Because sometimes uh, if you do have that hard-charging personality, that dominating personality, that task-oriented, check-the-box yes. personality, to some people that can come off very intimidating yeah. and they become closed off. And then, then you're not getting the feedback at all. Exactly. It is up to you as the leader to foster that communication on your team because the last thing that you want is to be falling off the cliff, looking up at your team and saying, where, where, where was everybody? That's exactly right. It's your responsibility to create the environment that your team is willing to come in and tackle you if need be yep. to save you. So, I, you know, w- one of the things that you had asked previously was, was books that can help those listening. If, if, if you feel that, that you may lack some self-awareness, and I mentioned the, uh, this in previous episodes, but the two big ones that help you understand who you might be are, are the, the Leadership and the One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard. That, that is kind of a preface, if you will, a, a, a precursor of situational leadership. It really helps define that level five leadership and what it means and what you have to do. And you have to be purposeful. This is not easy. Uh, I don't want you thinking that as long as you're self-aware and you give, you give subordinates some, some uh, assessments that all of a sudden things are going to just, you know, uh, chemistry is going to, going to, going to occur. It takes a lot of hard work. Uh, if, if, if you are a task oriented individual and you have relational personalities on your team, you're going to be forced to have to build those relationships. It won't be fun. It won't be uh, gratifying a lot of times, but you have to purpose yourself to do that. Uh, if you are a passive leader and you have active personality subordinates, you're going to have to meet them at their strengths, which aren't yours. They're going to be your weaknesses. It won't be fun. Uh, it will eventually be gratifying, but uh, it's hard work to get to that point. Uh, the other one is the 21 irrefutable laws of, of leadership. Uh, John Maxwell kind of expounds on the, the necessary things for you to get to where you want to go. And it's a great opportunity for you to, to, to apply each one and understanding now your personality strengths and weaknesses, learn how you can apply that. Um, each of those laws of leadership aren't easy for the personality that you are. 
in active roles, you, you know, certain ones may be much easier than, 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 than others in, in more passive roles or passive personalities. Um, you, you're going to find others, other relatable type uh, items much easier to, to, to attain. So it, it's a great book to really understand who you are and what you need to, uh, how you need to uh, become that level five leader in the future. Great feedback. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking about that, and I, I just keep churning over my mind so many different examples of this. And those are great resources, books that I read very early in my tenure yeah. uh, that I've applied for years to this day. And uh, I recently had a discussion with a leader and uh, I was t- they were very driven personality, brand new to a team. And uh, they just wanted to learn the business. They wanted to learn the product knowledge. They wanted to get out in the field. And I'm that way as well. But looking down on it, I'm saying, look, get to know your team. Yeah. Build the trust. Because, again, if you don't have a team, uh, you could know everything there is to know about product knowledge and contract negotiations and whatever it might be that you put your hand to do. Uh, but you've got to earn the trust and you've got to build the relationships of that team. Situational leadership does that. Uh, absolutely understanding personalities will absolutely do that. Yeah. Self-awareness is what we talked about a lot today, audience. Self-awareness, assessments of yourself, of your team, how you can work in harmony together. Dan, any closing uh, comments or calls to action? Yeah, I, I, again, for, for those listening, and we've talked about this in prior episodes, you know, the best thing you can do for your team as a leader is to help them understand who you are. The last thing you want your leadership, uh, your subordinates to ever say is, you know, what mood is Jeff in? Right. What mood is Jeff in? Can I approach him today? That is the worst thing that you could, you could ever think or your subordinates could ever Pins think. And needles. Yeah. Subordinates could ever think about you. Don't ever get to that point where your mood is determining your leadership ability. You cannot get to that point. So become self-aware. You talked about it. Assess yourself and then begin to help your team assess themselves and make it fun and 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 be that self-deprecating person. Sometimes it's tough depending on your personality as a leader to actually poke fun at yourself. Get to that point. Yeah. Cuz you know we take things too seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. Right. You know, and if once you begin to do that, Begin to help your team become those situational leaders that you want them to be. There are people that don't aspire to leadership. There are people that do. You know, work with both to become the best they can be. And don't put people that don't want to be leaders in leadership positions. The That's worst right. thing you can do is take someone that loves that 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 uh, opportunity to be that analyst level person or hide in their, their office or cubicle. Exactly. But they produce amazing work and they're very fulfilled. Help them become the person and the professional they want to be. Don't force them into roles that they don't want. And if you're aware of their strengths and weaknesses and you talk to them about what their aspirations are professionally, guess what? You don't force them into that role. And they do amazing work. They're amazing people, you know, amazing people that, that don't aspire. Many of you listening to this podcast, you know, you may look at, look at that as crazy thinking. You know, w- 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 you, I'm a professional. I want to lead. I want to be that next CEO. There are others that aren't. Just be self-aware. Once you get your team embracing this whole idea of awareness and personality assessment, amazing things happen. Some great things can be, can, can be accomplished. Well, everyone... It is a people-driven world. It's a people-driven business. Let's continue to lead people with everything that we absolutely have. 
Uh, look, I really appreciate you all being here today. Dan, you are welcome back to the Champion Forum. Open invitation anytime. I learn so much every time that you're here, and the feedback uh, you know, from our listeners has mm-hmm. been fantastic. I hope you all found great value in what we talked about. I realize that uh, some of you are at different levels of your journey. We're here to help. Uh, email me, jeffhancher at thechampionform.com. If I can help you more on your journey to uh, personality assessments, you need some additional tools, uh, please reach out. Somebody from my team or even myself will reach out to you and get some tools into your hand. Your feedback's important to me. I want to hear from you. If uh, you enjoyed what you heard today, you're finding value in the podcast, you're able to apply it to your leadership pursuit, it would mean a great deal to me if you would subscribe to the podcast and and rate it and review it so that I can hear uh, what you're saying. Be sure to visit our website, thechampionform.com. Make sure that you check out the show notes, print those off, send those to your team. Great thought-provoking questions around the content that we're talking about. That way it's not uh, just something that you do, but it's... It's helping you become who you are. These show notes will absolutely help you do that. It's a free resource that you absolutely have to tap into so that you can digest the material and begin to execute on the material. Also, you can follow me on social media at The Champion Forum. And until next time, be sure to remember this. You have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.